Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. started with part two of our series called Make a Difference. Uh, Last week, man, I just enjoyed sharing last week and just making a difference and the difference between the aquarium and and moving off the shore and and making a difference in people's lives. And so today I'm going to start this week and begin to break down the next couple weeks some characteristics of what it means to make a difference, ways we can live a certain way. How many know we're influencers? No matter where we find ourselves, whether we're in business or media, we talked about the spheres of influence last week. But I read, I read a couple funny things this week. I thought, I thought I'd go ahead and read it. If you don't think it's funny, laugh anyway, okay? There was a mother. He, uh, a mother took her young son shopping, and after a day in the stores, a clerk handed the little boy a lollipop. So he'd been there at the store all day long. And uh, the mom looked at the boy and said, what do you say? Or the mother, uh, what do you say? The mother said to the boy, to which he replied, just put it on my credit card. Come on, somebody. How many know you're an influencer? Your kids watch you. Your kids watch you swipe. Amen. Here's a good one. I like this one. I thought this one was funny. This would be for the dads. And I don't know if you've ever been in the drop-off line at school, but this would be me. Praise God. Another mother, or this is a mother, not a father, but this would relate to us. Another mother was taking her little boy to school since the dad had to go to work early. The little boy kept looking around on the way to school, and halfway there, the little boy said, Mom, where are all the idiots? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, what do you mean? Well, said the little boy, usually Dad and I see at least three or four idiots on our way to school every morning. <laughs> Come on, somebody. How many know we're influencers? Come on, man. You don't think you, don't think you are. Just, just watch it. It's coming. Um, the definition of influence is this, the power to have an important effect on someone or something that changes the way they believe, the way they think, or the way they behave. Again, last week we talked about moving from protecting the aquarium. Um, We we, we moved out of that, and launching out into the deep requires us to do a couple things, requires us to find a need and fill it, and and find a hurt and heal it. And so hopefully you've been doing that this week. You've been finding needs and and filling them, finding hurts and healing, making things brighter and making things better as the salt of the earth. And so today I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to drop this thought into your mind right now. And here's the thought. What do you determine as the value of one person? When I think about life and I think about influence and I think about the idea, I sat there the other day when I was studying for this, can we get into our minds the value of one person. Like the difference-making ability of one person. You think about the value of one person, and, and if your life connects any way to other people, you are an influencer. And I believe here's what God wants for us today. I read this from A.W. Tozer. He said this, God is looking for people to whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things we can do by ourselves. And I think about that because, like, sometimes it's not even grando. It's not even, it's not like, well, I'm going to go across the world, and I'm going to change the world, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross this, the seas, and I'm going to make a difference in the Philippines. No, 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 no. Some of you just need to cross the street. 
We want to cross the ocean and make a difference, but we can't even cross the street to talk to the neighbor. See, I want, I'm going to get all up in your toenails today. Come on, somebody. Because I really feel that if we don't understand the concept of the value of one person, we will continue to live in a way that is completely dependent upon ourselves and the things that we can do and the selfish nature by which we live if we're not careful in understanding the value of one person. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13 through 16 tells us this in the Message Bible. It says, let me tell you why you are here. How many would like to know that? How many want to know why you're here? Some of you, some of you don't know and some of you need to know. How many want to know why you're here? Come on, just two of you? Good, I can, hey, I can deal with two of you. Wherever two or three are gathered together in this neighborhood, come on. So let me tell you why you're here. You're, you're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Woo, seize, come on somebody, that's what you're here for. He says, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Then he says, you've lost your usefulness and, and usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people, listen to this, to open up with God. Listen to that. When you, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, their generous Father who is in heaven. Now, I want to talk to you about the characteristic this morning. If we're going to make a difference, we must value people. We must value people. We must understand the value of people, not certain kinds of people. He didn't say that. Not certain kinds of people, not, 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 not groups of people. He said all kinds of people. We must understand how to value people. You value people because people are valuable. Come on, somebody. You value people because people are valuable. How do you know people are valuable? Well, go into the Word of God, and you'll be able to see in the Word where the Bible says your body's not your own, that you've been bought with a price. So the greatest to, to determine the value of something, you must understand what it costs to pay for it. Right? And so the idea is that when you think about what God has done, his, the value of the price was his own son for every human being, no matter who they are. Uh, everybody, wherever they are, whoever they are, Christ died for them. So the value of every person is dependent upon the price that was paid to uh, redeem that person, which was his blood, his pure, precious blood of the lamb. Come on, somebody, which watch it washes us white as snow. Come on, man. And we, we, once were, we once were filthy, filthy, dirty sinners, and when Jesus' blood came and we said yes to him, all of a sudden we became white as snow. Listen, we have to understand that the value of every person, it's not dependent on whether you can hand them $5, whether or not you can give them a $10 bill so they can eat today. You have to understand something a little bit greater, that if we're going to value people 
that we have the ability through influence to change the very trajectory of their life and let them run into the price or the value that was already paid for them 2,000 years ago. So we value people. Philippians chapter 2 puts it this way. Philippians 2, Apostle Paul to the Philippian church, here's what he says. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, listen to what he says, value others above yourself. Then he says this, he says, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Matthew 7, 12 puts it this way. Here's a simple rule of thumb guide for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. Don't sit around waiting for somebody to do it for you. He said, the display of your ability and your heart to value others is wrapped up in your second, their first. If you're first and somebody else is second, you can't truly value somebody because they're in a place below the level of humility by which you are living. Matthew 7, 12 continues to say, ask yourself again, grab that initiative and do it for them. You value people because they are valuable. He, he begins to grab a hold of this thought and this idea. So how do you demonstrate value for people? Number one is this. You demonstrate value by taking time with people. How do you demonstrate value? You take time with people. We will never influence others for Christ if people continue to become an inconvenience to you. Hear me now. If people are an inconvenience to you and they bother your schedule or they mess with your time, you will never influence anyone or, or that add value to them. You may influence in a negative way, but if you're not taking time with people, you don't have the avenue by which you can influence them. I love the story in Luke chapter 19 of a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. This brother, let me read the story of him. It says, then Jesus entered walking through Jericho. There was there a man, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man, come on, and quite rich. So he was a rich guy that was a tax collector. It says he wanted desperately to see Jesus. I believe that's, listen, I believe that's the idea and the, and, the, and the heart of the world today. They won't put it into those words, but listen, he was desperate to see Jesus. He had heard about Jesus. He had heard about the miracles that Jesus had done. And on the inside of every person that doesn't know God, there is a God vacuum on the inside of them, and they are desperate for something. They just don't realize that they're desperate for God. But the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. Man, I'm telling you what. Look, look at that right there. Boy, a sinner doing everything he can to see Jesus. I wish the Christians would have the same tenacity as the sinner named Zacchaeus. We climb up in the sycamore tree. We want to see Jesus. There's this tenacity about him. And he says, he says, when Jesus got to the tree, he looked up. Now, here was a crossroads. Jesus could have simply said, oh, he, he could have just kept walking. He could have said, oh, it's a tax collector. He's probably ripping people off, so on and so on. He could have just kept going right down the road. But notice what it says. It says, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Come on down, Zacchaeus. 
Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Now, what would you guys do if Jesus came to you today and said, I'm coming to your house? Some of you would be like, shoot, we better leave early, beat him there. we got to get that stuff cleaned up. we got to get this thing. The laundry's in the living room. Kids spilled milk on the way out the door. Listen, we, we, we would take that approach, but Zacchaeus in this moment, Jesus said, I'm coming to be a, a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his luck, delighted to, ta- delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was mad and grumbled and complained. That's religion. See, that's the level of religion because when you start hanging around people that don't look like church people, church people start saying, ooh, look at him. He hanging out with the bad crew. Hold on a second. There's a method to people's madness. There's a method to Jesus' madness here. He wasn't hanging around just Christian people in this moment. He was giving us a display on how to value others. Then he says this. He says, everyone saw the incident, was upset. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Some of those folks probably got ripped off by him. Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor. All of a sudden, he starts going down the list in the natural. And he says this. Uh, he says, I give half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. And Jesus said, today is salvation in your home. And here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the son of man came to find and restore the lost. How do you know Jesus valued Zacchaeus? He stopped in the middle of the crowd and looked up. In the middle of doing what he was doing, in the middle of his schedule, in the middle of his busyness, in the middle of his day, all of a sudden he came in contact with somebody that needed to be restored. And so you know what he did? He took time with Zacchaeus. Why? Because Jesus understood the value of people. And here's what, he, here's what his life spoke to this man named Zacchaeus. says, I see you as valuable. I notice you up in that tree because I value you. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been ignored? How does that feel? What happens when you're ignored? The feeling of less than comes over you. You ever been that last guy to be picked on the basketball when you're out there playing, playing a little pickup game of hoops and there's 10 guys and you're the last guy? You looked over. There you are. You feel like, well, I can't play. I'm no good. Sean, you've been there, right? No, and pray, um, and so... Um, you, the last guy on, on, be, to be picked or been ignored. You know, you want somebody's attention. Can you imagine how Zacchaeus felt? He would feel as if his life had no value because Jesus didn't stop and look up into the tree to, to add value to him or to notice him in that moment. There's another great story in the book of John about a woman at the water, at the well, a Samaritan woman. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water, and Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? Jesus was thirsty. His disciples had gone in to buy food for lunch. They're always getting food. The Samaritan woman, taken back, asked, how can you, a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For Jews in those days wouldn't be caught dealing or talking to Samaritans. There was a separation between the Jews and the Samaritans. Samaritans were considered outcasts. They weren't a part of the group, and they were considered the outcast group. And Jesus says this, listen, this, is, this woman is saying, you're not even supposed to be talking to me. Then he goes on down, and he has this experience, this woman has this experience where Jesus takes time to hear her story. 
He could have ignored her and said, oh, you're just like everybody else at the well. But in verse 27, it says, just then his disciples came back. They were shocked. They couldn't believe he was talking with that kind of a woman. No one said what they were all thinking, but their faces showed it. There, there was this, what was Jesus? Why did he take time to talk to this woman? It was because he was determining to let her know how valuable she was, that she wasn't just some woman that had slept with six or seven guys and had been at the well at noon because, no, but she didn't. She was dealing with the shame and the issues, and she was dealing with the condemnation, and she wasn't even living with the man that she's supposed to be married to and all this craziness going on. And, and, and what did Jesus want her to know? He didn't get to the well and say, woman, you're a sinner. I can't believe you're doing this. You guys realize sinners act like sinners? Lost people act like lost people? You can't ask lost people to act like saved people. Some of you saved people don't even act like saved people. Here's the point. In that moment, Jesus was communicating value. He took time to talk to her. He took time to pay attention to her, which represented value to her. Number two is this. You demonstrate value by listening to people. This will work well in your marriages. You demonstrate value by listening to people. James 1.19 says this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak. Notice what it says. It doesn't say be quick to speak and slow to listen. He says be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. If we're going to add value and demonstrate value to people, you need to take time to listen to people. And when I say listen, I mean listen. Somebody doesn't want your answer all the time. You know, I've been in situations where I haven't had the answer. Or I do have the answer and I don't say anything about the answer. Why? Because people don't necessarily want your answer. They want you. See, in this moment, it's, it, it's he, he, he says, listen, be quick to listen, slow to speak. Oh, you don't understand what I know about God. I have this great revelation of who God is. Nobody cares what you know until they, they know how much you care. Here's the, here's the idea. It's the two kinds of people in the world that we face are those who want to talk about themselves. You know those people that walk into the room, here I am. Here I am. They just walk into the room, here I am. This is me. Here I am. It's about them. It's about their story. It's about their destiny. It's about their purpose. It's about everything God wants to do through them. Here I am. That's the type of people sometimes that we run into. They want to be served. These kind of people are victims, victim mentality. These kind of people suck the life out of you. You guys have, I got one of them cordless uh, uh, vacuum cleaners where you can put the attachments on the end and different attachments and, you know, it sucks everything up in the room. That's what some of you do when you come into a room. You walk into the room and you're sucking the life out of everybody that comes into the room. You just, it's constantly about you. It's constantly about your stuff. It's constantly about your, your problem. It's constantly about your issue. It's constantly about your opinion. Listen, when are you going to shut up and just listen for a minute? Oh. Just listen for a minute to somebody. You don't have to give an answer for everything. Listen, here's, here, here, here's the bottom line. Um. The second kind of people is those, the, those who, who, who want to hear about you or they're here for others and they want to be served. And so, listen, here's what I want you to understand this morning is I want some of you, the bottom line, stop being a sucker. Stop making it about you. 
well, I'm, I'm praying about my next 50 years and how God is going to do what God's going to do in me. And here's I, here I am. Here I am to worship me. That's why the way some people live. You can't even take time to listen to somebody. You can't take time to hear the hurt in somebody's voice. It's just constant. And we roll over people. We can't add value to people if we don't listen to people. Number three is this. You value people by adding value to them. You value people by adding value to them. Here's what adding value to somebody means. It means when they come into your presence, they leave with something that they didn't come in with. So if they come in hopeless, they should leave your presence filled with hope. Come on, man. If they come into your presence and they're broke down, busted, and disgusted, they should leave with joy in their heart, a skip in their step, knowing that Jesus values them and their life has the ability to be different. See, they, when they come, when you add value to somebody, they might come into your presence lost, but when they leave, they feel found. See, if we're going to reach people outside of the aquarium and we're going to launch out into the deep, we must stop just thinking it's preaching on a corner or it's standing up and toting the gospel. Somebody needs to add value to somebody because that's the way Jesus lived his life. When I came in contact with Jesus, guess what? Let me tell you this story. I had a man in my life that was uh, kind of a mentor to me. And um, he would, he did me and my wife's marriage counseling. He was an old guy. And he just sat in the chair. He'd open his Bible up old school, just old school. And he would take us through, here's what marriage looks like. He didn't give me all the modern day books and all the stuff that, that we have now to figure out how to do marriage. He just went to Ephesians and he talked to, me, talked to us about certain things. But man, he knew in my life when I was a young guy, before this even got to this stage, he knew he knew where I was as a teenager. And he had a buddy named Larry. Larry was like 6'6". And I will never forget, they came to our house one time. And I was a teenager. I was running from the Lord. I was doing whatever I wanted to. I was hurt, broken, just doing my thing. And they came into the, to the house. I was, in my, I was in my bedroom, and I was playing my Nintendo 64. Watch out, somebody. You know the ones with the, with the strings? Kids are like, they got wires back, yeah, wires that go to the thing, and it wasn't wireless, it was really wired. And I was, <laughs> I was playing my, my, my game, and mom came in, and she said, hey, hey, Larry and, Larry and Luke's here. I'm like, oh, what's that got to do with anything? They're like, come out, they want to talk to you. So I said, all right, well, I came out. I sat on the, I sat on the couch, and they were like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm good, but I'm terrible. How you doing? You know, I'm 16, 17 years old. And uh, they just started valuing me in this moment, and they started to share something with me that really revolutionized my life. It wasn't that they took Jesus, bottled him up, and put him into a, uh, this bottle and crammed him down my throat. What, he, what they did, though, was they took moments in those conversations where they would plant seed into my heart. And they, they would say things like, you're valuable. God has a plan for you. And I didn't understand all that. I didn't, I didn't get it. But these two guys had a relationship with God. And they would just they would drop little things into my heart. And I, I would never acknowledge this at the moment. But when I would leave, I would feel a little bit different. 
And I could tell that, that the scales and the, and, the, and, the, and the barriers that were in my life were starting to come down. I gave my heart to Christ in 1994 in my bedroom. And I can equate my encounter with God to the moments that those two men didn't judge me in my behavior, but sat down with me, added value to me, put hope in me. And because of those seeds that were planted in my heart, Jesus had an opportunity to revolutionize my life when I was a senior in high school, May of 1994. I equate it back to those guys that would just listen to me. They would take time with me. They would spend time with me. They would just add value. And when I walked out of their presence, I felt completely different. Here's what I want you to understand today, is adding value has to be intentional. If I had a picture of a funnel, there's a, the top part is, is nice and wide, and then it funnels down into a very narrow place, is I liken the top of the funnel to the, our thought patterns in our thought life. And I believe within our thoughts and in our thought patterns, there are a lot of what, what I'll call thoughts of intention. We have a lot of good intentions, but good intentions never changed anybody. They never influenced anybody. Good intentions must be, uh, um, um, per se, um, funneled through to the place of behavior. So what God wants to do is he wants to take this funnel of our thoughts and he wants to funnel it all the way down to certain behaviors in our life. In other words, adding value means taking a big pool of how we believe and bring it all the way down to being intentional in our behavior. Our intentions need to become intentional. Well, I'm just going to help somebody this week. Well, that's a great thought until it hits your behavior. That, that's a great idea until it hits your behavior. Adding value to people has everything to do with your behavior. There's four basic needs, and I'll close with this. There's four basic needs of every human. And here's what they are. Number one, acceptance. Knowing you are loved and needed. Knowing you are loved and needed. Acceptance. Number two is identity. Knowing you are significant and special. Every one of us deal with these issues. Security. Knowing you are protected and provided for. Purpose, knowing you have a reason for living. Those are the four basic needs by which all humans operate in. Acceptance, identity, security, and purpose. And I think we all know we need them. But we just don't know we need them. We, 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 have, we, we, we all know we need or, or we have this, this need of, of these needs in our life of acceptance, identity, and security and purpose. The problem is we search for fulfillment in all the wrong places. And what you have to understand is most people don't realize that God intended that every one of our needs, you know, those four basic needs, be met in Jesus. Jesus provides all four of these and people around you need to know it. People around you need to know that they're accepted. Listen, I love to fish. I fish all the time when I can. But I've never cleaned a fish before I caught it. You got to catch the fish before you clean it up. That fish comes in, it comes wagging out on my hook. And I take the knife and it's over. He gone. The point is this, is that 
There are people in your life right now that you will only accept them if they live to the certain standard of your behavior and your standard. Well, can you believe they just bad going it? They just said a cuss word. They must be going to hell. Holy cow. What are you going to do about that? Does that bother you? If somebody around you is cussing, thank God they're around you. I used to have a youth student ministry reach about 400 kids. And after, after church, there'd be the old, the old religious folks. They'd go out and they'd see cigarette butts and beer cans in the parking lot of the church. And they'd, they'd, say, they'd say, well, what's he doing down there? Is he having a drunken fest with the teenagers? Uh, no, no, I'm not. We're not out here drinking six-packs together at 16 years old. But what I am doing is getting the right group of people in the building. Come on, that was an indicator that I had the right people in the building. The people that didn't know that they could be accepted just the way they were, that they felt accepted in the house of God. They felt accepted in the place they were, that Jesus would accept them just the way they are. Listen, Jesus could have walked away from Zacchaeus. He could have walked away from the woman at the well, but he accepted them just the way they are. People need value added to them. Loved. They need to discover their identity, knowing that they're significant. When I was in youth ministry, a lot of the kids, I would deal with a lot of kids that cut, that were cutters. I ran across a guy the other day, I was sitting on an airplane and I looked over at his arms and his arms looked like he had taken razor blades and just destroyed his arms from depression. He needs significance. Something like, hey man, I don't know where you've been or what happened, what's happening in your life right now, but I want you to know God loves you just the way you are and he has a great plan for you. And those wounds are gonna turn into scars and those star scars are gonna turn into a story. And one day your story is gonna share with somebody else that's in the same situation. And guess what? Their lives are gonna be different. Identity, security, knowing that you're protected and provided for. God wraps that up in who, in who he is and then purpose knowing you have a reason for living listen what if people knew god believed that about them if you're watching online today and you're saying you're watching right now and you're saying hey man i didn't realize that god had a purpose i didn't realize he would accept me just the way i am i wouldn't realize that he had an identity for me that i'm really significant that i'm valuable listen to me today i don't know who's watching out there today but there's somebody out there that you're watching and you're like, man, I'm done with this thing called life. This thing's gotten way too difficult. Things in my life have gotten way too bad. Hold on a minute, baby. Listen to me this morning. God has a great plan for you. He wants to receive you. He wants to change you. He wants to transform you. Don't give up. Keep going. God's got great things in store for you. Come on, somebody. If that's you and you're watching, hit the chat real quick. Send in a prayer request right there. We want to pray for you. We'll believe God for breakthrough in your life. Listen, what if Jesus or what if people far from God knew this? What if you valued people in a way that caused them to come alive into everything God had for them? Seeing people through the eyes of Jesus if we learn to value people, we will influence them. In some way or another, we will influence them. But today, I want to encourage you. 
as the church that is, that is moving in a direction to where we're not just going to protect the aquarium, we are going to launch out into the deep where we're going to reach people like never before outside the four walls of this church. Whether it's through us physically, whether it's through other organizations, whatever it is, but God is going to use our church. And, and I heard the Lord over this last week said, Jason, I'm bringing you full circle all the way back to 2012. I said, what's that mean? He said, remember the conversation I had with you in 2012? There's been a lot of talk, Lord, between now and 2012. He said, no, you remember when you pulled out of the school parking lot for the first time? He said, what you're preaching this weekend is what I communicated you 2012. I said, what's that, Lord? He said, remember you were pulling out of the parking lot and you're getting ready to turn left to go down to the end to the light? And I said this to you, value one person at a time. See, because at the beginning, we can get all excited. We got all these numbers, and people's coming, and there's 200, 250, 300, and then all of a sudden, by the time we got to month six, we were down to 50 people. But the approach was God said in 2012, hey, man, value one person, value one family, take time to spend with them, pour your life into them, love them. Oh, it's going to hurt. There's going to be people that are going to stab you. There's going to be people that are going to want to give up on you. But listen to me today. He said, just keep going. And when you keep going, the harvest will come in because you will reproduce in a way yourself into others that causes them to add value, that causes them to see through the eyes of Jesus, that causes them to see. Listen, I was at dinner the other night with some friends and they were talking about how they're at work and they're inviting people to church. I mean, it's crazy. I was sitting there, I was eating my, I was eating my chicken wings. Oh, hey, come on somebody. Blue cheese with hot sauce, just getting it. And, 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 the, and I was listening to the couple talk behind me and they were beside me and they were talking about at their health care, how they're inviting people. Guess what? Those people came last week to church. Listen, I didn't have to prod them. I didn't have to say it's a good idea. No, they knew within their hearts, hey man, there are people that need God in my health care uh, system and I'm going to take that mountain. I'm going to go after that sphere of influence. So the question I guess is, where are you? Where are we? When it comes to valuing people, are you judgmental or are you uplifting? Do you answer or do you listen? Do you take time just to have a simple cup of coffee with somebody? To help them see the price that was paid. I would encourage you today, we're gonna pray together and as we do, I want this to be our heart as a church. If we're gonna make a difference, we have to value people. And I want your Monday and this week to look different. I want you to think of one person this week that you can just take a moment and add value to them. Take a moment, I'm not talking about giving them Roman's Road. I'm talking about just a cup of coffee and a conversation. If it leads to that, great. Some of you just need to get to the first step of the coffee. Get to the coffee. Take a moment and listen to their story. Listen to what's happening in their life. And then God will give you ways that you can add value to their life that will break off so much in their life and all of a sudden you will see yourself being able to make a difference in the lives of others. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. 
for your Holy Spirit. Thank you today for this word of value, valuing people. And today, Lord, if we're gonna make a difference, we must see people through your eyes. I'm asking Holy Spirit that you would reveal to us the areas in our lives where we have lifted ourselves up above those that really need to know you above those that need to be influenced by you, of those that need value added to them. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, make us masters, artists, skilled people in valuing others. We lay our lives down for you, Jesus. Help us to help people see that they're accepted, that there's an identity, that they have a security and a purpose in you. God, I just ask you to give us the boldness and the strength this week to think through the people in our lives that we know that, that we need to make a difference in Jesus' name. If you're in this place this morning, just close your eyes and bow your head. If you're watching online today and you're there at your house or you're, you're, uh, you know, you're at work today or wherever you're watching from, all of us today, I just wanna challenge you that if you need to make a decision to say yes to Christ, today's your day. No matter where you find yourself, if you walked away from God or you're brand new on this journey of understanding who Jesus is, I want you to know He has a great plan for your life. It's not an easy plan. It's not saying yes to Christ and everything just kind of the sea becomes calm. No, but you got the one that calms the sea in your heart. So I want to encourage you today that if you don't know Jesus as the Lord of your life, if you've walked away from God and you need to make Him the Lord of your life, I wanna encourage you today to say yes to Jesus. So whether you're online or in this room, if you're in this room, will you do me a favor and just pray after me? I, I want you just to take a moment and pray after me this morning. Say this with me, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. Thank you for taking my place. And today, come into my heart Make me a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. In the name of Jesus, thank you today for receiving me just the way I am, but also ready to change me into a brand new person. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap today. Whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, will you do me a favor? Will you text um, the number on your screen, online or in person? We do me a favor and just text the word hope to that number. Uh, we wanna help you, we wanna follow up with you, we wanna spend some time with you. Um, and and if, you're, if you're on our church online, hit that, I raise my hand to follow Christ today, that button there and we'll, we'll follow up with you and we wanna know who you are and we wanna help you in this journey. And so praise God. I believe somebody said yes today, how about you? Come on man, I know I know. God, God is moving in the hearts of people and so, Praise the Lord for that lesson. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.